Hey Fit Pros, it's your host Tyler Valencia here. I quickly want to share a free resource we have on the KIPPS website and YouTube channel. If you're struggling with your online workouts or just want to see the items that we recommend, check out our virtual training resources page. You'll find breakdowns on streaming setups, reviews on microphones, and other free videos that can help you build your fitness business today. Did I mention they're free? Go check them out at the link in the description or head over to our website to find them under the blog tab. How's it going, listeners? Before we get to this episode with Brooke Johnson, I want to make sure that we give a shout out to all the cities, locations that have been tuning into the podcast to kick off 2022. We've been seeing some great analytics from across the globe, and I want to make sure that you know that we appreciate you tuning in, listening, and continuing to listen. So Blackhawk, Rapid City, Canberra, Nottingham. Ashburn, Albuquerque, St. Petersburg, Vancouver, Kingsport, and Dubai. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a fan of the Kips podcast. Now let's get to the episode with Brooke Johnson. Welcome to the Kips podcast. My name is Tyler Valencia and I'm the president of Kips and Time to Train Fitness. We got a topic that I'm sure a lot of listeners are looking at the title. They tuned in because they probably went through some of these uh, realizations, these issues, these barriers in their way with online workouts. So we have guest, returning guest, Brooke Johnson on the podcast. Brooke, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back here again. Yes. For the listeners and anybody that's tuning in for the first time, can you give a breakdown of your background in the fitness industry? Uh, yeah, Tyler. So I've been in the fitness industry for about 10 years. Um, I'm not one of the younger ones that came in starting fresh out of uh, like high school or college and working my way through that way. Mm-hmm. I actually went a little bit reverse though. So I have, I got married, have kids. And then when my children got a little bit older, then I decided to really get into my passion and I quit my uh, nine to five job and just started adventuring into this well into the fitness industry. And with that, you know, you learn a lot. I started with cycling, um, did some group fitness as well. And then now I also have personal training as well. Now, starting back, I was just like everyone else, mostly was just doing in-person training and in-person fitness until COVID when everything shut down. So with everyone else, everything was at home. So at this point, it was, do I want to continue reaching out and helping people meet those goals and continue growing with my business? Or am I going to sit in the sidelines and let everyone else steamroll ahead? Mm -hmm. So I took uh, the plunge and I didn't know very much, but I got into the virtual world and haven't looked back since. I love it. That is true. You haven't looked back yet. And there are parts that I feel like I have to give for the listeners so that they know the background of how this podcast episode came together and even my connection to Brooke. Brooke works for the company that I own, Time to Train Fitness, where we do online workouts. I'm not trying to do a promo right now for it, but she's one of our instructors, great instructors, that she just had the one-year anniversary of teaching for Time to Train Fitness and almost exactly what Brooke said in terms of how she wanted to overcome things. That is literally why I wanted to have her back on the podcast. She's somebody that when barriers are in her way, she wants to tackle them, get past them. And with online workouts, 
there are a lot of things that instructors don't know that they're going to come up. They don't know how they're going to get past them because these are not things that we learned about in a manual and certification. There are more resources coming out online and not another plug there for Kips and what we do with our online tutorials, but there is a learning curve. And Brooke and I started having a great conversation about the learning curve of online workouts and all that's a part of it. Brooke, what do you think is part of the learning curve for doing online workouts? From the perspective of teaching online versus um, in person, they're completely different is yeah. in you are starting completely over a little bit. You still have your knowledge of how to instruct the class, but you're in a completely different environment. So yeah. you are really kind of starting over. You're, you have to put on the learning hat and trial and error, what works, what doesn't work. And that is kind of how you grow. You know, yeah. I was talking to you actually yesterday about finding, you know, your strength in the struggle. And I think that is what makes or breaks success in the online um, business because it's not easy. It's not something that you can just easily transition to taking it virtually and mm -hmm. without any hiccups. Cause I can tell you there is a <laughs> lot of hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. The menta mentality and the approach to it, I think is such an important thing that just what you were talking about right there with, understanding that you have to learn these items. And I think that instructors think that they can go from apples to apples with it, teaching in person, and then just flipping on the camera. Yeah, this isn't a work. People are gonna tune in for it. And all of a sudden they have their first hiccup or they realize, oh man, this is a lot harder than, it, than in person. I'm gonna go back to in person. And I think one of the things that you and I have talked about a lot over the last few months has been, it's, oh, it, it's not for everybody. And that's, I think, one of those harsh things is it's not for everybody. But of course, if you want to get into it, you can, and you can learn through it with those things. When you first started doing online workouts, what were some of those things that you learned or that you feel like, oh, wow, like after a few months, this became much easier because I wanted to learn more about it. And I feel like this is something that's gonna help me along my journey. What were some of those things? I think one of the things is you just have to just start. Yeah. I, a lot of times we get a little messed up in the details and thinking of perfect timing, perfect equipment, perfect background, and <laughs> you have, you are selling yourself. Mm -hmm. You are the product. Mm -hmm. And it, the other things are kind of just um, nice additions, but not necessary. Yeah. So I, yes, there is some things you do need, like you know, audio and um, a camera, things like that. Well, I use my iPhone, but mm -hmm. um, one of the most important things is to work on your framing yeah. and also um, doing that sound check. I can mm -hmm. tell you how frustrating it is to finish because most times, like with workouts, for me, anyways, I do them all in one take from start to finish. Um, you don't want to cut and edit and try to do all that it would just take forever so mm -hmm. you kind of want to do it when you start you go through it and then when you see the finished product at the end you just have to go with it because mm -hmm. you can nitpick it to, to death <laughs> or the worst case scenario is if you did not like turn your microphone on or mm -hmm. you had your volumes not right so like one of the key things that i always tell like anyone that's branching into this business to make sure you do that sound check <laughs> and do your sound check at different levels of your voice because mm -hmm. 
you know, when you're teaching everything, you know, you're talking high and then you're talking low, you're on the ground, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So make sure that those levels are key because there is nothing worse than finishing it. And you're so excited for this, this, you know, your product and you can't hear yourself or, you know, the microphone is muffled or not on at all. It's, Mm. it's frustrating. And (laughs) you know, you only do that once and then you won't do it again. Yeah. (laughs) Something that popped in my mind that would be a good segment here is that transition to different formats. Right now, with Time to Train Fitness, you are doing more strength training workouts than you traditionally have done more cycling stuff. What has that, in terms of the setup and that type of learning curve been for you going from cycling to strength training? One of the biggest realizations, which I didn't think about was how small my frame was. So when you're figuring out your online workouts, the space that you have is a lot smaller than what you would think it would be when you watch, you know, other people on YouTube or on other platforms, things like that. You Mm -hmm. would think that they have so much space, but honestly, it's very tiny. So (laughs) you have to really think about your movement and your body when you're in there. Cause there's, you know, again, same thing with one take there, it would be terrible if you spent, you know, 45 minutes on a class and your arms cut off the whole time. So, (laughs) you know, those are things that, you know, that's a a big realization that movement with doing online, you know, any other genre besides, you know, cycling, we say stationary is making sure that, you know, you have that you're framing right, that you are in the center Mm-hmm. And that you talk clearly, loudly, and um, explain as you're going through your workouts, you know, what movements that you're doing and not having that dead space and talking to your viewers and trying to make that connection yeah. and showing off your personality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The one tip that I will throw in for listeners that I see a lot of that we work on, usually at the beginning of if an instructor is going online that it's that balance, the evenness in the bottom of the frame. So the best way I can describe it for the listeners tuning in is that your bottom of the frame, that distance between the bottom of the frame and the wall, if that is uneven, that's something that's going to catch somebody's eye potentially. It catches my every my eye every time, and it's just oftentimes it's shifting your camera side to side, so left and right, or it's your tripod. You're trying to figure those things out and you start to realize how Brooke said that there's not much space in there. But the thing that I always say that is very true is that people don't know what's on the left, the right, or behind the camera. They don't know. So finding a space, identifying that space, I know people that do it in their uh, master bedroom, they do it in a basement. Like Brooke, I believe it's in a basement. Um, uh, Sometimes it's in an office. Finding a space that 12 feet maybe that you have, but then using your camera to see what's in frame, all these pieces will come together and you'll start to realize, okay, this is my frame and here's here's the space that I have to work with. Along the same line with your filming space, Brooke, which has transformed over the last year, what have you felt like adding a piece in, changing a color? What has that process been like for you? basically how i set it up i mean i've been with time to train for just over a year now Mm -hmm. and if you would look at the videos how i started back in february to this february it's definitely changed a lot of my growth 
in the studio. Um, my perception was that, uh, you know, by the end of the month, you know, whatever I made from time to train, I would cut out a little bit for mm-hmm. my savings and put back into my business, into the studio, because that way I could save up and I wasn't feeling as if I was, you know, really extending myself too much and then just putting it back in. So little by little, adding a little bit more, a little bit, you know, better, more pleasing to the eye, catching mm-hmm. for viewers, things like that. Um, I started off with just very basic. Um, I had my bike and I had a ring light and I had a white wall and <laughs> you know, that, that was mm-hmm. it. So, mm-hmm. and, and that is a good, it, it shouldn't deter someone from starting yeah. because again, you are the product. They're coming to watch you. You know, that is what viewers want. They want that personality. They want a connection and that's what you're giving someone. So mm-hmm. any, if anything, try to make it as free from distractions as possible. You mm-hmm. don't want to be like messing with a mic or um, fixing, fumbling with the music, things like that. You want to look as professional as possible mm-hmm. um, with free of distractions. But then again, when I say as professional as possible, not saying that you're going to be perfect because there's little oops or a little mess up, little hiccups, nothing crazy. But like if you miss cue or you say, you know, move, your right arm and you are talking about your left leg, like things like that are, you know, nothing to like stop the production of the show. Mm-hmm. But if you are constantly like, if you're fumbling with your microphone, it keeps messing around on your head and you keep touching it, things like that are breaking that connection. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, those tiny things are what is going to draw people in and keep people listening, keep people interacting with you. So yeah. uh, that's how I kind of started with it. And then, from there, I, um, I upgraded my microphone, which I wish I would have done the first thing <laughs> because I was guilty. Again, it's like learning and, you know, things like that. Um, I was fumbling with my mic a lot and mm-hmm. it kept sliding on my head. Um, I think if anything, invest in the microphone because that audio quality will be so much better and you will look back and like, why did I just do that? It, it, mm-hmm. You know, that's probably the best, one of the number one things that you should do. Um, from there, I did upgrade. I got some shadow boxes just to help with um, lighting because, again, another great thing if you're thinking about with the online workout is you want to be able to control your light. So being free of any kind of windows or uh, being you know near doors, things like that, anything that you can control. So where I am in now, I have every blind light pulled and blacked out so that I can control where I want this light to go. So that's why I had the addition of the shadow boxes and I have one low and one high. That way it illuminates me where I am so that I'm the center focus and that can help get that um, professional edge, you know, on the online workout. <laughs> I feel like you're in my head, Brooke, that you know everything that <laughs> I would tell somebody <laughs> with uh, the microphone because I can guarantee somebody listening in with the microphone and investing in a one that's you're looking at the cost of it. You're like 150, 200. Oh my goodness. I, I can't, I can't buy that. And what often I've seen is that instructors will buy the one that is a headset and it's around $30 on Amazon. And probably somebody listening to this and like, yep, I have that one right now. And the issues that I have with it and Oh, I will say that can it work? Yeah, it can work with a mixer and interface with the appropriate adapter. Yeah, it gets the job done. The sound quality, though, 
I, that's one of the biggest things that I will tell you is, is a big difference with it. If you're paying $30 for something, you're going to get $30 worth of sound on it. And audio is one of those things where people will tune in more for it. If it sounds good, they can hear you clearly. There's no nothing that's distracting them with the sound. They're going to stay tuned in for it. So if you do, or when you do buy a more expensive microphone, that's going to be the first thing you're going to hear. Like, wow, that sounds so clear. That sounds so good. Because that one that's a headset too, is it's the proximity of it. It's right next to your mouth. So if you're doing cycling or you're doing a HIIT workout, they're going to hear that breathing. They're going to hear that that constant breathing, or you're going to have to be, you're going to be trying to alter your breathing, which is something you don't want, which may become a distraction. Uh, the proximity of that, it's right in front of your face. So those are things that you don't really think about with the microphone that are realities of it, of the online workout or streaming a workout is the microphone is going to be a, such a huge improvement. Uh, the next thing though, that I kind of want to go into that I think we had a really interesting talk about, it was the work-life balance. With Time to Train, you make a an honest and a well, a very positive approach to reaching out to new instructors that come on board to talk to them about work-life balance, but also these realizations of teaching online. First, what was kind of your mindset with it and what are some of the things that you share with them? When I first started, um, I was kind of, uh, you know, I was new. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I bounced off a lot of my ideas to Tyler and as well as my husband, who, again, he has no idea about, you know, online training or any of this. We're just both of us like trying to figure out uh, where should we film, you know, camera angle, how do I adjust my bike and all those hiccups that come up. And so my approach now that I feel like I've been in this for, you know, going on a year here that I can at least share some little tidbits of, you know, what worked for me to help someone else. And I think that's important, especially when you're growing a community, when um, with Time to Train, you know, we are all instructors together. And if there's anything that I can help with somebody that would, you know, alleviate some stress, um, I'm going to try to share that with them. And Mm -hmm. especially with the work and the life balance, when you have the opportunity, which is amazing, to be able to stay at home and do what you love, you have to find that balance though, because biting off more than you can chew, especially at the beginning, um, it will leave you just feeling overwhelmed, burnout, stress. And with anything that starts with new, you know, you don't, you're not going to start out perfect. We're going to start out with, you know, issues that brought up of, you know, what was discussed earlier, you know, microphone issues, framing issues, um, I've had, you know, when I first started filming, like my dog would run into the screen (laughs) or the children, you know, weren't knowing that, yeah, like mom's filming right now. We're not supposed to be down here in the basement. And they they would be like (laughs) falling down the steps, like things like that, you know, Um, and just trying to tell, you know, the new instructors, like take it at a good pace, even though you have the availability to, you know, record as much as you can. Um, set a set a schedule for yourself and keep with it. Even when you feel like, you know, I could take five workouts every day now because I have the availability to do it at my house. You're going to find yourself not giving a hundred percent every time because mm-hmm. you're going to be burned out. You're going to feel overwhelmed. And that is not the end goal. The end goal is to be able to do this 
sustainably, you know, and not like all in one type mm-hmm. deal. So that's kind of one of the things I always tried to reach out and tell the new instructors about. Also, one of the bigger things is that even though it's a 45 minute workout or whatever, how long your workout is, you might as well double that for the um, beginning for your sound check for setting up your, your room. If you are have to move things around, um, organizing your playlist, writing, you know, your cues, some things, helpful tips throughout your workout, because when you get into the online world, you can't really, um, feed off the room. You can't Mm -hmm. feed off the riders. You can't feed off, you know, the members that you're working with. So you have to create that within yourself. So that is something that you have to learn to do. Mm -hmm. And for when I first started out, I would think about like when I'm riding in a studio and then thinking about that energy and some of the cues that I give riders. And then I would write that down in paper because when we're teaching (laughs) online, sometimes you forget about, you know, to make it personal and to find, you know, who are you talking to right now? Like Mm -hmm. where you don't want to pretend like, you're talking to a camera because it, it seems so um, disingenuous and that's not what you want. You want mm-hmm. them to feel like they are riding with you and that you are talking to them and that you have this connection. So that was one of the bigger things that I told them. And also that you're going to probably have a few workouts that you're not going to be able to use because of those uh, little hiccups that come in through um, the filming process and you have to do those once. And I told, um, one of our new instructors, Kelly, um, I told her about, you know, forgetting to hit record hmm. and she, within a month, I think after she's like, I wanted to text you cause I told it happened. It <laughs> happened. And there's no one will understand that feeling and that pain, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, and I was like, well, it's, I, it's going to happen. And now you'll never do it again. Like you'll double check, even when you're, you know, you think you'll look at again to make sure that you had hit that record. Cause there is nothing the worst feeling and there's nothing you can do about it. So. Yeah. Yeah. That what, uh, uh, I think the best way to summarize that is with the, the process, the protocol, having your, your, your check going through each single one of them and then making sure you repeat it each time because you never know. And I don't want to jinx somebody that's listening on this, but it could be that one time that you don't check your, your microphone, making sure it's turned on or you don't check your, uh, that you put uh, phantom power to it or whatever that might be that it doesn't work. And you're like, Oh, I, I went through all the other steps and I just didn't do that one, that one time and it messed up. It happens. And so getting it your system, yeah, your mental checklist down and just doing it every single time. If you need to write it down, write it down. And all of a sudden that process becomes faster and faster and faster. And all of a sudden you just feel more comfortable with it. It's part of the process of getting more comfortable with that end of it. The, the lights, the camera, the interface or mixer, the microphone, getting more comfortable with it, understanding how it all works together. Of course, at the beginning, there's going to be that learning curve that you're like, I think this one goes here. Did that work? But all of a sudden you get better at it. And then all of a sudden your setup is just boom, boom, boom. And you're ready to rock and roll with it. And you're moving on to the next step. I feel like that's the big key is there. You're moving on to the next step 
of growing as an online instructor. It's learning more about that connection with the camera, learning more about how you can make it look more professional. All these things start to come into play, but you got to start. You got that's that thing that Brooke said that I'm saying now with you got to start. You got to start that process. And that's often what I tell instructors too. We just got to get you going we, so we can learn about where you are and where we can start to make those improvements with your online workouts. So it's. I agree. More, I, especially yeah, with the, um, that you said the connection with the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was definitely another learning curve. And, and um, I'm not a type of person that I would get on Instagram and just, uh, you know, talk to the camera all day. And that's not really how I am. Um, I'm more of an introvert. So that was definitely had to push myself. Like it's a lot different teaching in front of, like I could teach in front of 50 people in a class but talking by myself in front of a camera is definitely, it's very intimidating. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things I always tell um, the new instructors is to make sure that you're like looking at that camera and you're looking at the camera, pretending like it's somebody that you're talking to and mm-hmm. keeping that eye contact, because that's important to get that again, the connection with the viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, a good idea is always also having like a whiteboard and that's where I put my, um, my playlist, um, like label there. If you were doing strength training, like kind of like, um, how my circuits are going, things like that, that way you're not looking down on a paper. You're not looking down on the floor that you're keeping your eyes up. Mm-hmm. And that even if you're not looking directly at the camera, you don't look like you're, you know, I always kind of put the whiteboard kind of beside where the, the camera is that way. It looks like I'm looking at the camera but i'm actually like glancing up at my notes mm-hmm. that, that's exactly the, the process that i go through as well uh, i have a sheet of paper that i tape right below the camera because in reality people don't know people don't know what's behind the camera i know i keep saying that in terms of stuff in your room or maybe it's a, a bedroom or a basement people don't know what's behind the camera that includes your setup and your notes for yourself so you can pack as many notes as you need and i highly recommend doing it because when you the camera's rolling the lights are on and all of a sudden you forgot what the next exercise is you're and you're 15 minutes and you're like uh and you're trying to remember that's not what you want. So pack those notes in there and make it easier on yourself. Make it easier on yourself with the preparation, all those kinds of things. And a little pro tip that I'll throw in that I've been using a lot over the last few weeks that's been great is that I have the, the luxury of having another tripod. And so I actually put a, a tripod at the same height as my camera. And then I also put my timer there if I'm doing certain type of maybe strength training or core workout or Tabata workout is I'll put the timer right next to it so that I can see all those things that are near the camera, my notes, my stopwatch, or sorry, my timer, all those things are right next to the camera. And I'm looking in one spot. There's only one thing that's not next to the camera, which is the playback monitor. Uh, but those are all in one spot, exactly in line with what Brooke said. Get those things in there, make it easier on yourself and make sure that once you roll, you're doing it one time. So we've talked about a lot of things so far in the podcast about online workouts, microphones, growing with just starting off. Are there any other harsh realizations that you would call them that instructors have to kind of get over when they're teaching online? Um, I think the comparison is definitely something that has to be, uh, you have to get over that. Um, 
uh, one of with you know, we we were talking about earlier that I'm branching into the strength training, and I've taught strength training in person in the past. Um, I'm also a current um, online personal trainer, and when I when I decided to get into teaching this virtually, just a you know full body strength workout. I, you know, of course, went and looked at other people, what they're doing, you know, ways that they set up their class, how they, you know, transition from, you know, exercise to exercise. And it kind of, it, it really hurts, you know, it makes you feel um, inadequate. It makes you feel like you're not ready for it. And then I kind of put in perspective that my beginning and my step one isn't anything like those people because they're on step you know, they're on the fifth flight or they're on, you know, step number 157. So I can't compare myself from where I am now to something that, you know, those people have been doing this for years. So I need to put you that in perspective because comparison is what is going to just tear you down and feel like you just can't do it. So that is a a definitely a harsh realization that um, I never really thought I was the type of person that, you know, I always feel like I was kind of confident in what I do. But when you start looking at everyone else, it does start to feel like, oh, well, this person, you know, she's so confident and she has six pack abs and, you know, she can do a push up with one arm and, you know, all these kind of things. But, and you have to put that in perspective. Like we, there's a niche for everyone. And it's not just the millennials that are looking into the or- online world. there's a baby boomers now that, you know, are still not a hundred percent comfortable going back into, you know, a brick and mortar gym and they're venturing into this online world. So for those that have that niche, this is a perfect opportunity Mm -hmm. to find, you know, your niche and to get out there and show, you know, that there is, there's a space for everyone. Um, Another harsh realization would be, just being comfortable in front of the camera. We did kind of discuss this um, earlier, being in front of the camera and looking at those body angles and you'll look at yourself and you'll realize that you shouldn't be like head on. You should be more at a diagonal when you're doing this exercise. Um, And you'll realize that, you know, you can't just go in as you taught in person and just fluidly go into the virtual option and just do the same workout because you have to think about your angles. You have to think about your framing. You have to think about those little different things that mm-hmm. can make that the viewer can see where you're at. Because when you're on a screen, you know, you're missing out on that. They'll be able to move their face, their head to look around to the other side of you to see like what you're doing here. So you have to really explain what you're doing a lot more. You have to be more into cueing and talking more than you would with the one person. So that's definitely, um, that pushes you. It definitely mm-hmm. pushes you to uh, level up. Um, it's a realization that you have to really work on yourself and the current instructor that you are to mm-hmm. get those connections with the, with the viewers. Yeah, yeah. At the moment that we're recording this, I would say like I'm more into like microphones right now and I'm researching those things. Like that's what I'm really all about learning more about. Is there anything right now that you are growing or that you're learning about right now with online workouts? Um, As we talked about, I'm starting the strength 45 classes and Mm -hmm. that has definitely been a learning curve for me. Um, I've been 
turning or taping exclusively just uh, cycle 45 and cycle 35 plus workouts. So it's a lot easier because I don't move. So um, I'm right there whenever I set my frames, you know, I get on the bike, I can teach my workout and I've been teaching cycling classes for almost 10 years. So it's, it's definitely, I've got a lot more comfortable, you know, in that stage. So moving over to, you know, the free weights and resistance bands and using your space, walking, moving in with the, like into the camera and back away from the camera and keeping the viewers. Uh, it's definitely a more of a learning curve and something that's challenged me. And I feel like in the long run will make me a better, well-rounded instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. It's a cool process. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. With now going back to mindset and even the approach that you are in with the beginning, I think that this is someone, one of the topics before we start to close this podcast episode out that I want to make sure that we t- touch on is with the things that were that you were struggling with at the beginning. I know we talked about the audio stuff, uh, but the mental side of it too, that even though people that are very motivated, uh, like yourself, highly motivated, want to learn through it. Of course, we have those things that that are struggles. And through those struggles, we learn more and we push ourselves. We see how much we can push ourselves mentally, physically. Those are things that we love to hear. And for you, Brooke, what were some of those things that you feel like outside of the workouts that you felt yourself harping on or that you were venting about with maybe your husband, things like that? What were some of those? What was that mental process like? Um, my husband who is so supportive, um, Mm -hmm. when I decided to get into the online has been uh, my therapist and just kind Mm -hmm. of my listening board. Um, he works full time and so he doesn't have the, you know, the ability to help me, you know, set up my film space and, you know, set up my framing and things like that. So it, it can get frustrating because when I do this all by myself, I, you know, record myself, you know, do my sound check, play back and look and then adjust and then do it again. So there's been a few times being able to like finagle him to come down and help me so I can do this all like I can stand there and he can just do the framing for me, which is, you know, it doesn't help. But, you know, for most of us, we have to do this on our own. And, you know, honestly, you probably should do it on your own because you don't want to have to feel like you are at the mercy of someone else's schedule, especially when you've set your own schedule for virtual because it can be very frustrating to move frame record playback don't like it got to do it again you know and a and then you can just get really picky nitpicky about it like it definitely can get a little overwhelming so i mean some of those frustrations i just have to be like this is okay if like i'm not i'm in my frame i you know i i'm have my workout planned. I just need to go for it. I feel like sometimes I procrastinate because I want that perfection Mm -hmm. and we have to let go a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. Agree. Agree a lot with that. And it's, uh, it's one of those things that could potentially push someone to uh, just throwing this out there. I know that it's not for everybody with, with editing, uh, but editing can fix uh, the way that I, I say it and I approach it is that when you are filming something, 
of course you want the best possible. It used to be a mindset, in my opinion, I heard about it, about, oh, we can just fix that fix that in post-production, no biggie, we'll just do X, Y, Z, we'll make it look okay. But the better you can make something look is only to make it easier and more, uh, more improvements can come on it in post-production, in my opinion. That's the approach that you should have with it. And we are fortunate enough as a company that we can edit stuff and we can fix lighting we can color correct stuff we can fix framing we can zoom in on things we can fix audio all those kinds of things that hopefully take the the stress off an instructor that's the best way to put it with uh, instructors that work with us we have the ability to do these things and once an instructor does realize oh i can be a little bit more lax on my audio not stress as much of on it with my levels because in post-production all these things are going to be fixed and so it's just working on and putting your focus in other areas so that might be something to think about if you're listening on the podcast just doing very minimal editing on it and just putting your attention somewhere else brooke as we get now to the podcast takeaways and i switched them up this time for this episode because we're talking all about online workouts and diving into your insight on things. So we took the normal question, or I took the normal question, and I flipped it a little bit, that what are three myths about teaching online workouts? Um, one of the most important thing that I've, I've seen a lot of when I've talked to people about that I am an online instructor is that you cannot get the same workout online that you can as in a gym. And I find that a complete myth. Um, I sweat and, you know, work just as hard as when I'm online that I do if I was in a brick and mortar gym. So Mm -hmm. I feel like you can still get that same workout. You can still use, you know, those muscles and, you know, get that cardio in from anywhere. Um, I think it just depends on that connection with the coach, that connection with the instructor and to make your workout fun and, adaptable and modified if it needs to be. And, you know, that's what keeps people coming back and it's definitely here to stay. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, brick and mortar is going to be obsolete. I think definitely, uh, the hybrid and for everyone that they have options. And I think that is one of the best things that came out of, you know, the COVID and everything locked down was that, you know, we can still, work out and we can still grow and get stronger wherever we are. So now, you know, we have options for people that connect, you know, with your online workouts while they're on vacation or while they are, you know, home with a sick child that they can no longer, you know, make their, their gym class. Mm -hmm. So we're, it's never too late to start. You may think that, oh, well, you know, everything's opening back up, you know, online's, you know, drifting out. And I don't think that's, I feel it's another myth as well. I feel as if, you know, online's here to stay. I think that there is plenty of opportunities for whoever, whatever your niche is. I think that's one of the first things that you should, you know, find, you know, when you're branching into online, like you are your product and who are your target audience and what is your niche? and then grow from there. And you may have multiple target audiences, but keep it small, you know, start small, think of, you know, who, what's your favorite, you know, genre of workout, and then just go with it. And then once you get comfortable, go a little deeper. And, but the best thing is just to get started. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that another 
myth, which we talked about earlier, would be um, about only millennials are either the online instructors or the ones that are online participants. And I definitely feel that that's, again, because of you know the past couple of years, I think that everyone's coming into that digital age. Even the ones that were resistant and the baby boomers have definitely <laughs> branched out. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for you and they're looking for what you bring to the table. So there's and there's a target audience for everyone there's you know people out there looking for that person and you can fill that for them which is pretty special yeah oh yeah all good ones there i think that the the last one is something that i've probably thought about a little bit over the last few months we're talking to different instructors and some saying how oh the online stuff is kind of dying or a lot of people just went back and I think that now is a great time if you're willing to put those steps in. If you're an instructor listening to this and you're willing to put those steps in to build the business part of it too, that you can. I think that it opens up a lot of doors for people to have a bigger opportunity to teach people globally because you're not just in your local market now, but it's another offering. I know a handful, not a handful, a good amount of trainers that train people that they were maybe working with before and now they move states, whoever moves states and all of a sudden they're, they're now be able to reconnect with them and, or even training your family that lives in a different state, all these different doors start to open up and that's through online. You just have to learn the nuances of it. You have to go through all the business steps of it. And there are a lot of tools out there for you. It's not like it's as if maybe looking back now, 10 years ago when you had to put a lot of these pieces together yourself or even just platforms that were available for instructors or maybe just one to three, maybe there are so many more options out there that grew over the last two years. So definitely something to think about. Brooke, before we sign off here, can you give the listeners your social media links and all that kind of good stuff? Uh, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Tyler. It was great uh, talking to you and I would love to connect with other um, online potential fitness instructors or someone who's in the game, we can always, I love to connect with other people. We can bounce ideas off of everyone or help troubleshoot. Um, It's definitely a awesome environment to be in the virtual world. So, but it also can be a bit overwhelming. So definitely um, I have my Instagram, um, Mrs. B Johnson. And then also I'm on Facebook, uh, Brooke Johnson. So you can connect with me and I would try to help out as much as I can. Great, great stuff in this podcast. A lot of stuff for instructors that are maybe in the thick of it already or those just looking to get started, some things to to think about. And if you're listening and you want to throw some uh, comments in on your favorite platform, let us know. Shoot a comment and we'll see if we can address it and potentially help out with it. Thank you for being my guest, Brooke, and as always, being a great instructor. Thanks for having me. It's been great talking with you. 